did it for a year, then I told him to release me. That's just the bruises you take when you finally arrive. Scraping my checks, man, I had to survive. Suffocating, I suffer waiting, I'm supplicating my income. The shit stung, God, my pride. Follow my conscience and skipped all the nonsense, no cosigners. Welcome to another rendition of the True Exact Show. I'm joined here with Brian, and our special guest tonight is Locksmith, a legendary rapper, at least in my eyes. Great rapper from Richmond, California, out in the West Coast. I'd hate to call him a West Coast rapper, but you know what I mean? He's out in Cali doing his thing. He's one of my favorite lyricists. Also, I hate to use that term and, you know, snowball you didn't into that. But uh, how you doing out there, Locke? I'm good, man. You know, uh, feeling good, man. Really appreciate you taking the time to come on. I know you guys are busy. I know I know you're, you know, probably writing up a storm. I saw you're quarantined freestyle. So I figured, hey, mm -hmm. maybe if he's doing freestyles about quarantine, you come on and talk about it. So uh, what we like to do here is uh, we're out in New Jersey. So the West Coast rappers, you know, a lot of people out here might not know about them as much. And uh, we don't really hear your stories too much. Um, how'd you get into rap, man? Talk about your story. Um, okay, so I started rapping um, just, you know, uh, I think I was just just finished with high school. Um, my best friend, a couple of his, um, him and another friend, they were rapping. Um, you know, just as like a hobby. And I was just like, man, that seemed like something I want to try. Why don't he was like, why don't you give it a shot? And um, so I saw how he was rapping. I saw his notebook and I was like, well, how do you do it? And then I just kind of started like, you know, kind of following his way of doing it. And uh, they was like, well, look, we got this friend that, you know, um, every uh, we, we went to his house in San Francisco. He's got this little home, like a little setup in his closet. And we rap for it. We, and he let me hear the, like the little tape. They had a cassette tape of him rapping. He's like, why don't you come next week? You know, if you don't mind driving us. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, let's, let's do it. Let's roll. So the next week um, we did it. And we was just, you know, my, um, it was our friend Steve. Uh, and he had like a uh, like a little setup in his apartment in his closet. Um, and he was a 17. He was like he was younger than us. He was like a senior in high school. I think we were like freshmen in college, you know. And I don't know why, how he had his own apartment as a senior in high school. <laughs> It's probably that better was, you. It's probably better you don't know. Yeah, that was that was weird. He was making money like that. <laughs> but um, he had his own apartment, um, and he made beats too. Also, mm -hmm. so we were rapping over his <clears throat> beats. Um, so you know, he was just like this young white kid who made beats, had like a little setup, um, and you know, it was fun. You know, I was yeah. just like, we, we were just basically like passing the microphone around, rapping, um, mm -hmm. and that was the first time I ever heard myself rap over a beat. You know. And I was like, oh, okay. It was terrible, you know? Yeah. It, it happens with so many people, though. You go back and you you listen to your early stuff and you're probably, like, cringing the whole time. Yeah, I mean, that was I won't even consider that early stuff. That was literally the first yeah. time I wrote a rap. You know okay. what I mean? Like, it was literally, like... Do you, do you remember... This? Do you remember the bars you... Do you remember, do you remember the first line you wrote? No? No, absolutely. <laughs> no, I, I can't remember. It was just, it was just ridiculousness. You know what yeah. I mean? Just silly shit, probably. Um, I, I knew I was trying to be poetic. Like I knew what I wanted to sound like, but what I sound like, I, I was listening to like a lot of Ghostface mm. and like Wu Tang and Nas and stuff like that. So I, I just remember when Ghostface rap, he would like, they weren't like, it wasn't like full thoughts it was just i mean it wasn't like full statements it was like kind of like thoughts like you know what i'm saying like in the philippines put coffee bean you know what i mean like stuff like that i was just like, yeah it just sounded poetic and it sounded dope so i was just i just wanted to do stuff like that so it was like random stuff like that you know what i mean but anyway 
um, we um, we did that every week. You know what I mean? We did that every week for a while. We, that was just like our weekly thing to do. Every weekend, we would go over to Steve's house, and we would we would rap. You know, and um, after we did it a few times, we we're like, "Hey, let's make a demo." You know, um, and that's how we kind of just like started rapping. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Uh, the one thing we always say too um, about that, because we did, we kind of had the same setup. When we were like seventeen, one of our friends made beats, and we go down there. As much as like you weren't popular at the time, was that like the best time in your life? Though you know what I mean. There was no worries. You were just having fun. Man, it was it was so fun, bro. Yeah, it was yeah. just like yeah. I mean, you got to think you're just a kid. You're nineteen, eighteen years old. Um, like re I mean, to me, I look. I still have. Great, like I still yeah. have an amazing time rapping, but you know you're living at home with your mom and dad or whatever. At least I was, um, and it was just like you know you have your girlfriend and your girls you're talking to, and then you know this was our little weekend kind of getaway. We were going on Saturday and Sunday. We would go hang out at the mall because he literally lived right across the street from the mall. So this was like, oh, this is cool. Like we're out here meeting these San Francisco girls. Then we go back, we write some raps, we grab some food. We were just like hanging out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. It was just a fun time. And we were just trying to be good. Like we just loved raps. <clears throat> um, and and those guys were far more advanced than me. Like they had already like started rapping. So I was kind of like the like tag along. And um, but um, it, it had a profound um, it had a profound effect on me because what I did was that's how I developed myself because I don't write anything down like I don't write any of my really? raps down really but at that at that point I did you know that was like the first few months of us rapping or you know what I mean we would do it once a week and yeah. and they were so good with their notebooks their raps and they were so much better than me I just felt intimidated I didn't like the way I sounded I didn't like the way my notebook looked I was like this looks so stupid and they were much faster than me. So what I started doing was when we go to the mall to hang out with girls, what I would start doing is I would start memorizing bars while we were at the mall. So by the time we got back to, this, to the apartment and they were super fast, I already started. It was my way of getting a head mm. start. So I started memorizing like four bars, eight bars at the mall. So by the time I got back to the studio with them, I already had a head start. You know what I mean? And then yeah. that developed into me um, – Eventually, you know, make a long story short, I just completely abandoned um, using a, a pen or a pad or anything like that. I just got used to writing it in my head, you oh, know. That's so, when you, so when you record now, everything is like you'll listen to a beat and then you start feeling it. And then you'll start writing it all in, in your head. head and then you go right in and do it. That's, I mean, yeah, that, I, just, that's, I write it in my head. I'm not just like freestyling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I listen to a beat over and over again, and I just write the bars from memory. Yeah, but to, you know, it's impressive to even do that to, to like come up with it and then stay with it and keep it in your mind the whole time. Because how often are you like you're editing and like going back, and then something else happens and your attention's placed over here, you know? Yeah. Now, yeah, did you freestyle? Yeah. Did you freestyle like like in your head while you were seeing things? You know how you practice growing up. Yeah, like, absolutely. I'm yeah. walking the hall. I'm talking it raw, all with the ball. Hey, you know what I mean? Uh, it's a little bit better than that. No, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going on right here, man. No, so lit I mean, literally, we'd be at the mall and we'd be yeah. having conversations of stuff, and I'd be thinking like, "What's a dope? What I want to say something dope." You know what I'm saying? So I would just try to think of punchlines or think. You know what I mean? Like, I think back then I was more kind of punchline oriented. So I would think of like, what's a dope?
punchline and I will work my way backwards from that and be like, okay, I want to say this. So let me think of, you know, the three bars before that. And then I would come up with these three bars or, and then, you know what I mean? And then that would be my, that would be my four bars to start off with when we went back to the studio. Now, when did you realize like, all right, you were kind of messing around going to the studio. At what point did you realize, all right, I want to take this to the next level. Like you realize, all right, this is an ability I have. Like, did something happen? Yeah, it took over time. I mean, just in that setting, you know, like I said, we were doing that for months, just going over there every weekend, every chance we could, we would go over there. And then what happened is one day we were at the studio and my boy, my best friend, he was like, we recorded something. He looked at me, he was like, yo, that was much better than anything you've ever done. You know what I'm saying? I was like, really? He was like, yeah. He was like, it, it just, I just remember that day, it just all kind of clicked. Yeah, everything you know comes together in that one verse, that one verse that happens. Yeah, it just it just sounded. I remember listening back to it. I was like, "Damn, this sounds like I sound to me." I was like, "I kind of sound like a rapper right there." Mm. So, yeah. um, I mean, that was it. Wasn't like something big came from that, but it's just like in my mind, you knew, just as, a, you knew it. as an artist, I knew I was like, "Yo, I sound just as good as them now." You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, so that happened after a couple months of kind of like going to the studio. So, but then you know there were. As far as my career, I mean, I have a long career. It's been so many different. <laughs> I don't know where to start, but I mean, I've, did, I've done everything from battling to performing and just doing all kind of stuff. So it was just, I would say in those first two years of rapping, just that was just like me just learning. I was just a sponge just doing everything. I didn't even know I had abilities and capabilities of doing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I was just soaking up hip hop, you know. Now, what did you, were, did you want to be anything else at that point? You veered oh, yeah, rap? No, this was all, this was all as a hobby. This right. was not something I'm going to be a rapper. This was us just doing it because we fucking loved it. I was in college at the time. Um, um, so, you know, it was maybe like a, a back of my mind. Like, what if we could be rappers? You know what I'm saying? But, you know, we were, but we were essentially doing it as a hobby. We were making demos. And I think after a while, what happened is, we actually went to a studio, to a real studio where you had to um, to pay, and that's when I and that's actually when I stopped using a notebook at all completely. I just completely abandoned it because I forgot my notebook, and and we were like, damn. And I was like, well, I got it in my head. Fuck it. Why do I? I don't need to sit and look at a notebook. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. Because at that time I was writing in my head, but then I would still tra uh, transcribe it onto a notebook. So when I go record it. I would, you know what I mean? Yeah. So wrap it. I would have something to look at. But then I forgot my actual notebook. So I had already been writing in my head at the time, but I was still transcribing on the paper when we would go to record it. Um, but I forgot my notebook. And then once we got into the studio, um, I just was, I was like, man, I don't need that shit. I got it. And I love the way it felt. I love not having to like be in front of the microphone and hold a piece of paper. Like to me, that just never felt natural to me. And once I did that, to me, I was like, I sounded way better. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, it just sounded way better. Mm -hmm. I sounded way more natural. Like I was, I was less worried about the words and more about the cadence of how I was saying it. Yeah. And I was, I was even without even knowing it, I was taking out words that I didn't even think needed to be there. Like you know what I mean? I was just, I yeah. was just saying what needed to be said instead of saying what was on the paper. You know what I mean? Um, but every, everything always comes across better that way because when you have something like when you when you come up with something and you have it like down pat, mm -hmm. you're able to come across so much stronger 
rather than like sitting there with like a paper in front of your face. Like you, you kind of, you're almost, it almost comes off as like, you're unsure about what you're saying. You know, but when you have it, when you have it ingrained in your mind, like you said, you can do live editing. You could do, yeah. uh, you put more power behind it, you know? That's the way I look at it. You know what I mean? I look at it like whatever is meant to be, even if I fuck up or it's, it's just meant to be that way because that's what yeah. naturally is coming out, you know, coming out of me. So that kind of gave me, and then when I got it done, and it sounded, everybody's like, yo, that sounds fucking hard. I was like, oh, that's, that's the way I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so from then we started making demos you know, on CD, and we were like trying to get it to labels. We were sending stuff to Unsigned Hype and Source Magazine, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Trying to like, you know, do stuff like that. And that's when we were like, I guess, trying to be rappers, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, you went into the battle circuit in like 2008, Ryan time area. Um, I remember you battled Disaster, Daylight. Um, how did you get into that, and why did you stop? And is, do you ever ever think about hopping back in or the formats changed to where you just don't like the 40 minutes and stuff. All right. So I got to give you the whole explanation of how this works. Perfect. So like I said, at that time we're making demos. We sent our demo to unsigned hype in the source. Um, at that time, you know, Biggie, Mob Deep, I think like all these people had one unsigned hype previously. We were like, yo, man, we want to get unsigned hype. That's how we're going to get discovered. You know what I mean? We sent it in. We didn't hear anything bad. We're like, man, we think this is dope. Because we were like, we, 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 um, we listened to a lot of East Coast hip hop. So we were, you know what I mean? Our style was, you know, my favorite rapper was Nas. I was, um, I was following like, you know, I was trying to like be like Nas, Ma Deep. We were rapping over Ma Deep type beats. You know what I mean? Um, so we were like, yo, they're going to fuck with this, but we didn't hear anything back. So finally we called the source because they used to have their number in the, in the magazine. You could call them. So we called and we we're like, yo, can we speak to the, da, da, da. and they were like, yeah, we got your, um, we got your, uh, we got your demo, but we already picked the winner. We're like, who's the winner? It was like, oh, was this white kid from Detroit? You know, he's, he's, he's working with Dr. Dre. We're like, what? So <laughs> really? Wow. Who, who's this <laughs> asshole? He'll <laughs> never make it. He can't be better than us. You know what I mean? And um, That's a like, crazy story. That is yeah. a crazy story. And then the next week, he was like, won the source. And we was like, man, who the fuck is this dude? Eminem, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but the source was like, yo, check this out. We're coming to your city. Where are you at? We're like, we're in the Bay Area. We're like, well, we're coming to the Bay Area on this day, blah, 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 blah. You got to be here at this time. We were like, oh, that's perfect. So it was like a month away or something. We was like, we'll just bring our demo there. You know what I mean? They're doing something in person. So fast forward a month, we go there to the unsigned hype and we bring our demo like, hey, you know, and they were like, what is this? We're like, this is our demo. This is unsigned hype. We're like, ah, this is a battle. We're like, what? Wow. Like, like this, this is a battle. I had never been in a battle. I didn't even know what that was. They was like, yo, no, nah, like this, we don't want it. We don't take demos. You got to get up here and rap. And I was like, uh, okay. You know what I mean? Like I hadn't even had no idea. And then I got up there and um, that was my first time like rapping in front of a crowd like that, like freestyling. Like I had never even freestyled other than just, you know, with my friends and my homies. You know what I mean? I, had, I, don't, I don't even know if I had even grabbed a microphone before. You know what I mean? Um, grabbed the microphone. Boom. As soon as I start rapping, like, I just knew, like, I felt comfortable grabbing. I just, I felt no fear, basically. Like, I didn't feel, like, nervous. Like, I just grabbed that microphone, like, boom, let's go. 
and I grabbed the mic and everybody was like, oh, oh, and it was like, yo, you're dope. And then they moved me to the next round. It was like, all right, so you're going to be battling now. Because I think like a few hundred people showed up and everybody raps for 30 seconds. And then the top people, they send them to the battle round. So then I just started battling cats and I had never battled before. And I just was just like, you know, talking shit about the other people while I was rapping. And I just knew I knew how to like cater to the crowd. And I, and I just beat everybody. And I got all the way to the me and the last guy um, out of like the hundreds of people. It was just me and this other guy. Um, and I didn't end up winning, but whoever won, they were sitting in New York and I really wanted to win that, but they end up, um, it wasn't another, it wasn't another white guy from Detroit, was it? No, nah, no, nah, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was a black dude, um, who I actually ended up being cool with afterwards, but he ended up winning and going to New York and he didn't, he didn't win, but, <clears throat> but I still got a lot of notoriety. Everybody's like, yo, that's that locksmith kid. Yo, that, that dude is not, so that's how I started developing, a, um, hmm reputation in my cool. area is like yo that dude is dope you know so it's almost like you kind of stumbled into battle rapping oh completely absolutely yeah. so then not, and, and this was way this is back in like 2000 2001 2002 yeah. this is before um the grind time or any any of yeah. that shit was even thought of this was like this was on beat yeah freestyle rap battles that you know what i mean tournament style you don't know who you're preparing for you're just you know what I mean? Like, all right, Locksmith, you're going against MC whatever. You know what I mean? And then you just talk shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you like that format better than what it is, like, with the three minutes or six minutes, just the old style? Like, it was a little more raw, like the eight-mile style. All right, 45 seconds, go. Um, you know, it's just it's just different, man. I mean, it's a different skill set, mm. you know? Um, so I after I did that, I started developing a uh, notoriety. Um, and then in 2003, they had this big, um, MTV had this big uh, battle thing on, uh, on TRL. Yeah. yeah, I remember. And um, so everybody in my neighborhood, so like MTV had announced it, like, we're taking the first 10,000 rappers, you come to New York and sign up and da 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 da. So everybody, um, in my hood, like in the barbershop, I was like, yo, Locke, man, you need to do that. We'll pay for you. I'll send you out there. Um, but it, what ended up happening was, is that the, our local radio station had a contest, Sway, from MTV, um, who's from the Bay Area. Obviously, it was like, came to the radio station. Like, we're looking for the dopest MCs. Da, 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 da. So um, I won. So I went to that. They had that in San Francisco. And I beat everybody, murdered everybody. And then they sent me to New York to represent for Northern California to do. So I didn't have the audition amongst a thousand mm. rappers. Was that got, your first got, time? Was that your first time on the East coast? Um, I, I like, I had an ex-girlfriend that I yeah, went to yeah. visit who went to school in New York, but that was my first time. Like, like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like going for some music. Yeah. Shit. That was my second time in New York. Yeah. Um, so they flew me to New York. Um, and, uh, like I said, I didn't have to participate in the audition. I went straight to like the battle round where it was like, I don't know, 80 or 60 MCs or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the first day it's just like, all right, time to battle. You know what I mean? So I end up beating everybody and getting down to the last two. Once again, in Times Square, it was on TRL. It was, you know what I mean? This big deal, you know, TV cameras. And I was in New York for the whole week. Like the whole week I was battling, like, cause you know, it was rounds every week. So I'm battling cats every week, battling cats from all over the country. Um, all these different judges, Kanye West, Just Blaze, all these different guys were judging, record label people. 
and um, get notoriety. People are like, yo, that's that kid locksmith from California. So it was a big deal, man. Um, and so I got all the way to the last round, which was like the the, the, um, the nationally televised went on MTV. Mm-hmm. Everybody's watching it. People are, you know, are rooting for me. Um, I get all the way to the last round. It's me and the other dude. I don't end up winning. Um, a lot of people said I should have won, but you know, so the weird thing about that was, is the whole week when we were battling, um, it was judges. Like I said, Kanye West was a judge. All these different people were judges and they was always locksmith, locksmith, I was winning. But on this particular battle, all the way, even during that day, like every battle leading up to that, it was the judges. The judges made the call like, yo, locksmith won. But then when it got to the last battle, it was no more judges. It was call in and vote. You know? yeah. So uh, when, I, when, I, when I did that battle, you know, I thought I won, and then um, wait, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, real quick. Uh-huh. This was now. This was because I, I do remember this. This was the one that Swan was on and no, Blind Fury. No. This is a different one. This is before. See, everybody oh, okay. remembers the okay. last one. I was the one before, okay. before Swan and Recognize and Blind Fury. Yeah. So I was the one before. So the one you're watching, the one you're referring to, is the second one. Wait, yeah, was, that, was, the, it was, was that? Was that Was that Rain Man? Yes, I lost yeah. to Rain. Yes, RJK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You lost so, to yeah. It was me against Rain Man. So they picked Rain Man one, which is my homie. He's a good, you know, super dope MC, still doing his thing. Um, so they picked Rain Man to win. Um, and I was just like, all right, whatever. But I came home, I was a celebrity. You know, everybody was like, oh, Lockstage, you held it down. You were dope. You should have won. Blah, 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 blah. And that kind of jump started. That's, I want to say at that point is when I became like a rapper. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everybody saw me on TV. You know, girls are coming up to me like, ah, oh, I saw you. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm no longer just a guy working a regular job. Like, I'm locksmith. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. That's pretty Yeah, but it's like, it's like people that come in second on American Idol, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah like, yeah, exactly. you, did, you didn't win the whole thing, but maybe you were better off not winning the whole thing, you know? Exactly. Like everybody, every, I still got the recognition. You know. Yeah. yeah. Now we're still, we're from the age, man. I'm pretty sure like we're all the same age. We're from the era. Like you were probably like, like you said, passing out mixtapes and doing that stuff. How did you ad- adjust to the digital age when it kicked in? Cause a lot of people weren't able to survive that when like MySpace came and the YouTube videos. So was, did you find that like hard or you kind of flowed with it perfectly? Um, I think it's just made things a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Make so things you, a lot easier. So, do you think it it kind of it it's a it's a it's good and bad in a way? Like, do you think it oversaturated everything? Like, rappers who aren't that good could just make a name for themselves, but at the same time, people are getting recognition who might not have gotten recognition. Yeah, there's good and bad to everything. Um, but no, I mean, it's just you can't fight technology. I mean, that's what it. I, I personally would never want to go back to that era. I mm-hmm. lived it. I worked that era. It was way more expensive. You had to press up vinyl. You had the studio time was way more. You know what I mean? Like it was like it was just a pain in the ass. Now I can do songs with people across the country. You can sing like you know what I mean? Like I I was recording on ADAC. You know what I mean? I even recorded on two inch reel. You know, um, and all those things. So now the fact that I can send files and it's so it, yeah, it does make it where it's more accessible and more people are. It's more saturated and it's more people flooding the market. But the cream always rises to the top. You just have to stay persistent and do what you do. So I, I never, um, I never uh, was like, I always embraced it. Because I was like, oh, this is great. You know what I mean? I don't have to fucking press up vinyl. I can just send mm-hmm. my MP3 to a DJ at that point. You know what I mean? At that right. time. So 
Next mm-hmm. one. With the what, what sparked the famous song, the famous video? Where you, it seems like you were just fed up. Like, did you just like did something happen and you were just like, I'm just gonna rap about these these young kids making these songs? Uh, was that like something you wanted to rap about for a while and you just said, I'm making a video? Uh, was that? Are, and I know I know a lot of artists are like, I don't pay attention, but with you being so good at rocking a mic, like, and you see these guys making these songs and be getting the radio play does it irk you at all like i know you don't want to like hate on people making their their money because they're doing their thing but does it ever get to you to a degree and you're just like this shit pisses me off because as a fan it pisses us off so that song came about um i was on tour last year um i was we were in the van uh it was me uh jaren benton and echo and uh we're riding and we were talking about something. Somebody came out with a song. We were like, oh, that is such a fucking clout. I was like, dude, that's too rad. Why are they? It wasn't, uh, it, it, was, it was a song, like it was so blatantly for clout. We were like, that's such a cloudy thing to do. And I was yeah. like, bro. And then we just had this discussion. And I was like, bro, this type of shit is like cheesy. Da, 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 da. And he was like, dude, you, he was like, dude, uh, Echo was like, bro, you need to make a song about that. Or they were like, yo, you need to make a song about it. I was like, you think so? I was like, you know, just to break. I was like, you know what? Because we I was on the road so much last year, I didn't get a chance to um, record at all. I was just on the road. Just like, I think I did over 150 shows, you know? Um, so I was just exhausted. I, I had no, no time to really go in the studio or nothing. So what I was doing was when I was on the road, I was just collecting song titles and concepts that I would get back to when I got done. So that was mm-hmm. one of the songs. I was just like, you know what? I like that idea. I'm going to keep that keep that tucked away so i just kept the idea tucked away till i got done with got off the road and then like the end of the year or maybe the beginning of this year i was i I was looking for the right type of beat and i was like oh that's the perfect beat and then i just kind of wrote it now i know that obviously one of the portrayals in that was uh i'm guessing takashi but i don't want to bring up his whole wasn't wasn't it uh i thought it was a little pump Little pump, one of them. I, I don't. One. Um, I just—it's like yeah, a. Yeah, it's uh, all the combination. Like a hodgepodge, yeah, yeah. A yeah. Hodgepodge of a bunch of different stuff. But you mentioned—you mentioned something in one of your K-Slay freestyles about like these guys buying views, right? And then he mm-hmm. came out recently mentioning that people are buying Billboard number one spots. Now, mm-hmm. is this something that actually goes on in the industry? Because it's the same thing when we talk to Nino Blessley. People, like, literally are, like, they're getting run through algorithms and stuff. And, uh, like, is it all money now? Like, you can literally just buy number one signals? Like, how into the market are you with knowledge with that? Does that actually uh-huh. happen? Well, I can say this. I don't think you can just buy something like this. Like, hey, I'm going to go buy a number one single. I have 10 minutes. What happens is the whole, anything you do in life, there's, it's based on relationships, it's based on uh, money, it's, you know what I mean? All, all these different, they have different factors. Um, so if you have the right relationships, if you have the right amount of money to pay for certain, to pay, sometimes you can pay for relationships, you know? Um, if you're able to sponsor certain things, then yeah, that will help your cause. And you, you know what I mean? That, that can get you up on the charts. That's nothing new. Like that's not, yeah. It doesn't take rocket science to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you have millions of dollars to put into promotion, if you have millions of dollars to sponsor certain things, you have millions of dollars to do this, if you have the right type of content that when we put this million dollars behind it, we know it's part of the formula that more than likely, it's just like, how can you, 
how did like for, I'm gonna take me for instance. Like um, I don't know about you guys, but I know a lot of people love um, Marvel movies, right? Um, mm-hmm. I hate them. I don't like comic book movies except for maybe like Batman, Christian Bale. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or the joke, the Joker movie. Like I don't like uh, Spider Man and Justice League and you know what I'm saying? Infinity War. Like that shit is trash, right? Mm-hmm. But I can guarantee you, every time that movie comes out, where is it going to be? in the box office the weekend number one one. number one because why they know what works they know what the audience you know that the audience works they know if they spend this amount of money they know if they pay for these amount of ads they know they're going to buy up the amount of spaces in the theater because the theaters are they won't even allow certain other movies like you won't even get a chance to be in the theater if i have if i'm like if i'm fucking um uh, an independent filmmaker and i'm making a small film that's dope that everybody loves that I'm not even going to be able to get in as many theaters. Nah. Like Quentin Tarantino talked about the time when um, Disney was saying, like, look, we have to have this amount of theaters. And Quentin Tarantino was like, yo, I want to have my movie. And it was, Disney was like, no, if you don't do this, we're, if, you, if you don't put our movie in the theater for this amount of weeks, we will not give you the next one. So they had to be like, fuck it. We, so we, they was like, sorry, um, Quentin Tarantino, hateful eight, you're not going to get in this movie theater. So mm-hmm. they were like, well, fuck, we'd rather push him out because we got to. So he, I think he's had a lawsuit or something like that. He was like, yo, I'm going to fucking sue Disney because they can't do that. Um, so it's the same thing in any business. It's like the machine is going to always want to take whatever can make them the most money. So they're going to promote this. They look at the thing that, look, this can go viral. Oh, this person is already doing silly shit. So why don't we put some money behind it? And then this enable us to, um, to give it, to maximize the amount of, views or downloads or streams or whatever you want to call it so i I feel like it was more i feel like it was more controlled in the early 2000s um and late 90s is it like i know crooked eye tweeted like should the hip-hop have gatekeepers or is it too hard now with everyone being able to have their own platform is that something you think is true no i i personally i understand what he means and there's some truth to that but me personally i'd rather it not be the gatekeepers because the gatekeepers fuck you like who, who can you say like if, if Takashi can get blow up, if, if people want to consume that bullshit, then that's what they want to consume. It's a free country. Mm-hmm. I've never listened to a Takashi song. I've heard like snippets because mm-hmm. you just can't escape it. Like sometimes it pops up on your yeah. But I heard, I hear like 10 seconds. I'm like, oh, that's terrible. Like I can't listen to that. Yeah. Um, because to me, it's just not even good. Mm-hmm. Um, it just sonically it doesn't sound good to me. But I understand why, why it works and why people gravitate towards it because in today's because of technology and social media if you get enough people but a, a lot of these a lot of these guys are just personalities because exactly. their music is trash and exactly. it's all about exactly. every so it's what, every trash, single other thing they do what's trash is arbitrary it's opinionated like what makes yeah. trash and i understand that and that's fine yeah but but there's no debate that the music is not what's gaining the attention true the thing that the thing that's gaining the attention is the character the mm-hmm. antics and those different types of things. And, and they found a hustle that worked for them. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, good for them. Just like they can do it, I can critique. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Now, do you have a problem? Like, all right, that's all well and good. They're making their thing. And if people want to listen, they want to listen. But like the fact that they're on the airwaves, I've always kind of had an issue. Now, I know that they're it's probably money driven, but I have an issue with the DJs who are pushing it. I feel like DJs sometimes have a chance to push other stuff. I mean, you 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 have an ear closer to the ground than I do. Are they no, kind of no, like corrupted? No, they don't. No, no? they don't. So you're, they talking don't. About, 
Are you talking about DJs that are on the radio? Yes, yeah. Like so, like oh, for instance, um, just to throw his name out there, Marlon Kraft uh, tweeted the other day he was going to be on Hot ninety seven live freestyling with Peter Rosenberg at one a.m. And then, like, I'm thinking, but then Rosenberg is on six hours later. Why doesn't he play a Marlon Kraft? Well, let me let me give you an explanation about radio. Okay. Rosenberg has a specialty show on. Hot 97. Peter Rosenberg is not the music director. He's not the assistant music director. He's a personality who's on shows on Hot 97. So he does not decide what gets played in rotation on Hot 97. Right. He can play Marlon Kraft on his specialty show that comes okay. on at whatever time in the evening, you know what I'm saying, on whatever night. What The only thing that... The thing that radio stations, radio stations, they get paid by how many people tune in because they sell ads, okay? They sell ads to companies who want to uh, advertise on their show. That's how they make money. So they have to keep as many people tuned into their station as possible. By what, by, they do that by playing the shit that the majority of people want to hear. And the majority of people do not want to hear um, super, most of the time, they want to hear what is popular. And now the radio is almost being dictated by what is already popular. Whereas like wow. before the record labels used to bring stuff to the, uh, uh, to the, to the radio station and be like, look, this is our new record. The record label, would, the, uh, the radio station would play it. If it researched well, then the record label, the, the radio station would play it. Hmm. Now it's almost the, the, all the radio has to do it. They always have, they can see what's already charting on iTunes, what's charting on YouTube, what's charting on SoundCloud. They can find different stuff that's mm -hmm. already bubbling and they'd be like, oh, okay, this is the shit that we're going. And then by that time, the record label has stepped in and be like, all right, we just signed um, XY, little XY, whatever his name is. And they'd be like, all right, look, this song is already blowing up on the internet. Now the record label is already behind it. They're saying, can you play our new artist? They play it. They already know it's going to do well. And that's how Marlon Kraft or other people, Not I know Marlon Kraft, he's a homie, but um, we the hard time that independent artists or artists who don't make what's going on in mainstream is harder to break through because of those very reasons that I just named. You don't, mm -hmm. we don't have the, um, the, the, the clout or the popularity right based on these songs because these songs are being driven by algorithms based on clicks and views. And then the record labels are taking and says like, okay, this is already popping on Instagram or YouTube. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to put the, um, and it works in the format of what's already playing in radio. You know what I'm saying? Um, so you'll get those spins um, because that's what's, that's what's working right now. So it's not just like, Oh, I'm going to just pay. Like it just, it just doesn't work. Like Peter Rosenberg cannot play whatever he wants at two, PM in the afternoon on uh, Hot 97. Like, I, yeah, I never figured. I never figured he could. I'm just saying that's for someone like, uh, for him and even like Sway on Shape 45, who are like hip hop heads. That's got to be hard for them. I know they got to make a living, you know, but like that's gotta that's gotta be a little tough. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, for me, I mean, it all depends. Like, I don't know what Steve Peter wrote. Uh, uh, what his taste in music exactly is. I mean, from my understanding, I've met. Um, Pete a few times, um, and he, he obviously is a hip hop head to some degree, but he also works for a corporation. He knows he has to play yeah. certain things, and I think he likes some of it too. Like I like some. Of, I don't only like ninety BPM uh, hip hop boom bap. Like I like a lot of different shit. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. So, but so if I was running a radio station, I understand that 
I couldn't just, that's why Hot 97 has the specialty shows like Peter Rosenberg, so they can still serve that demographic and still want to hear some of those things that aren't so popular. But I will say this, if Marlon Kraft or myself or any other independent artist, if we go on Peter Rosenberg's show and we have a song that actually works and does well, and that the, the music director is like, yo, this song is kind of dope. I think, you know what I mean? And it gains traction, then maybe it could get played during the day. If, 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 it, if everything lines up. You know what I'm saying? If it yeah. all lines up and it's a song that works in their format and it's doing really well on its own and there's some push behind it, then he could make possibly get played. That's a hell of an intel there, man. That really was amazing. It's great. I, I, have to, I, have, yeah, I have to ask you, uh, are there any other influences you had that weren't hip hop related music wise, like a rock band or anything like that? Uh, I mean, I listen to a little bit of everything, man. You know, um, I wouldn't say just one specific thing like, you know, but I listen to Beatles. I listen to Bob Dylan. I listen to Red Hot Chili Peppers. I listen to Sam Cooke. I listen to James Brown. I listen to R&B stuff. My mom played all that stuff. But, um, I mean, I guess they all had an influence on me to some degree, you know? Now, was there a certain rapper when you were coming up who really, like, um, you, I don't want to say idolized, but you kind of were listened to and you're like, all right, this is one of my main influences here. Yeah, Nas. Nas? Nas was the rapper that made me want to rap. Mm, nice. Was there a specific song you heard and you were like, holy shit? No, I mean, it was just Illmatic, man. I just yeah. played that album, you know, over and over and over and over again. And like, that was the first rap album that made me want to like freestyle and be like, yo, like, I just, I wanted to rap like Nas. Like, I just thought that was, I thought what he was doing was just like the dopest shit ever. You know what I mean? And you know what? Not, not to put down Nas at all because he's definitely up there when it comes to rapping ability and all the classics that he put out. But you know who's someone that nobody ever really names, they never really talk about? Jada Kiss. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. He, to me, I don't know. There was just something about him, all his music. He seems, he just feels like one of those guys that kind of gets left out of that conversation. Sometimes. It's always Jay-Z or Nas, and, like, no one ever really throws Jada Kiss. Yeah, no I, one ever puts Jada Kiss. I mean, I, I love Jada Kiss, but Jada Kiss, to me, is not on the level of Jay-Z or Nas. To me, he's just not. That's fair. <laughs> I, love, I don't know. I, I'm, maybe I'm just a big fan of his. I don't yeah, know. yeah, which is, which is your opinion. Like, yeah, to me, like, I mean, Nas was before Jada Kiss, too. So yeah. when you, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember when the locks and when Jada Kiss first came out, but Nas was out, you know, you know, he, he was out before Jay-Z. He was out, you know what I mean? Like Nas, yeah. we're talking about early 90s, live at the mm -hmm. barbecue. You know what I'm saying? Where Jada Kiss was, you know, was not even close to being out at that point. You know what I mean? Jada Kiss still hanging out in Yonkers. Yeah, he didn't come out till like mid to late 90s. Yeah. You know? Locke, in the rhetoric video you made, you were you were fencing. How did you think of that idea? Oh, you know what? We were just thinking, we were just trying to think of cool things, imagery. Um, and then my director was like, yo, you know what? The guy who, uh, my boy Jesse Ray Diamond, he was like, my my producer uh, of the video, his, or his roommate or something, was like, yo, his roommate is a, yeah, the producer of the video, his roommate was a fencer. And he's like, you know, it would be dope. I was like, yeah, that would be dope. Let's do that. So he got his roommate to bring a couple actual fencers and got, you know, got me in a fencing outfit. And I was like, yo, that would be dope. So that's how I kind of came about. That's crazy. I thought you like did it in college or something and you nah. know, like, like a star fence. Nah, nah. I thought it was genius too. And um, the album, the I think it was the, the Ali album, you made a video for a lot of the songs. I think that's key. Did you find yourself like, 
the old, the more songs you made um, as the digital age came about, you felt like you had to get videos out more than maybe you did in the past? Well, since I started releasing music independently, I've always, you know, since we've been able to do music videos, it's just, I love making music videos. Mm -hmm. I love, I like, I love putting visuals to, yeah. to, to songs. It's just, it's something I enjoy doing. Like, it's part of the whole, like, when I'm making songs, I'm thinking about, oh, what can I do for the video? So, um, that's just how I think. So, um, you know, I try to do as many videos as I can, you know what I mean? Because I think that's just, it's part of my whole uh, presentation. Now, did you ever meet a, a, not a celebrity, another rapper where you were a little bit starstruck or no? I mean, I met Dr. Dre. That was kind of a yeah. surreal, you know what I'm saying? I was just kind of mm. like, wow, I can't believe. But I wasn't starstruck like, oh, I don't know what to talk like, you know. I was able to sit and talk yeah. with him for hours, you know what I mean? But I, in my mind, I was like, holy fucking shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or like afterwards, I was just like, yo, I just, you know what I mean? So I guess you just come to the realization they're just people like us, you know what I mean? We're all human beings. Yes. Uh, who haven't you collabed with that you want to yet? There's a lot, man. Yeah, you know like your I mean? number one. I want to, I mean, I want to work with Dr. Dre. I'd love to, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. That's cool. Now, would you would you ever get back into battling or no? You're done. Um, I never say never, but it's not something that I'm just. I don't even really watch battling. You know what I mean? Like, wow. I stopped in 2009. Um, I think I did four battles that year, and after that, um, I, I I stopped because I just creatively it wasn't something I was just um, that inspired me anymore. I wasn't right. motivated to do it, and I have a lot of respect for battling. So I would never want to just think, oh, I can just willy-nilly jump back in and do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, knew yeah. if, I knew if I do it, I would have to be focused. Like when I was battle rapping for that year, I was focused. I was like, because I was excited. I was, it was a new way, you know, it was the acapella battles. It was, it was a new thing. I was excited about it and I was dedicated to it. But then after I did it for a while, it just, it just wasn't as fun to me. Anymore. I was like, I want to make some songs. I want to go on tour. You know what right. I mean? And when you're let me, hold on, let me let me ask this before we move on from there, because I want to just kind of piggyback off the Dr. Dre thing. How like how do you go about setting that up? Like if you wanted to work with Dre, right? It's like is that just a phone call you could make, or is that like? No, I mean I met I, I I I met and befriended Exhibit. Um, mm -hmm. So I was working with Exhibit at the time, and Exhibit, um, you know, I flew down to L.A. because I'm about six hours away from L.A. Um, so I just, I flew down, um, Exhibit was like, yo, let's work on some stuff. Went into the studio with him. You know, he has a really dope studio. So I was just down at his crib and in his studio for like, you know, a couple of days. And one day I was mm -hmm. in the studio and he was just like, yo, let's go for a ride. I was like, all right. And he's like, yo, Dr. Dre wants to meet you. I'm like, what? So we just, you know, we drive to Dre's crib and, you know, just sat mm -hmm. down and just had some long conversations. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, I mean, I'm still, I still work closely with Exhibit now, but mm -hmm. Dre is just like, you know, to actually like record with him, make some songs with him. I haven't done that yet. I've worked with producers that he's worked with, but to sit down and do that, that would be, uh, that would be dope. Uh, I yeah. will say, I heard the song you made with Exhibit and uh, Razkaz with God. Exhibit could still spit, man. I, mm -hmm. I love Exhibit, and he fucking tore that verse apart. Um, yeah, yeah uh, Brian. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, one more thing. Like, sorry about this. Uh, 
when you are making a new album, do you listen to rap or you try to stay away from it because you don't want to be influenced by other things? Nah, I never. Nah, I listen to. I mean, I listen to shit when I want to listen to it. I don't be like, oh, I can't listen to nothing. Like, I mean, I I want to listen to new shit. I want to get influenced by it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to just be shut off and be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want inspiration, motivation. I want. I'm not gonna just copy something, but I will take other music, other rappers or other musicians, I'll take ideas or I'll let their ideas inspire me to do shit. Mm. Like, oh, I would have did it better. I would have did it this way. Or I would like, you know what I mean? Like everybody yeah. does that. You have to take things from different genres, different eras, or I might go listen to classic stuff or newer stuff or whatever. I, I just listen to, I just, I listen to whatever I want to listen to. Pretty cool. Uh, we're going to get to the gun to your head segment, Brian. You got anything else from? Ah, uh, no, that's, that's it. Lock, just to have a little fun during the end of this because, you know, we kind of exhausted you, I feel. And uh, you probably told the story a hundred times about how you're being a rapper. So I really appreciate you coming on. First, so thing that comes, first thing that comes to your mind, I'm going to ask you some questions, all right? Okay. All right. Would you rather fist fight a shark in the water or a bear on land? A bear on land. Smart. If there was a purge going on, would you hide out or go purge? I'd hide out. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Thomas Edison or Albert Einstein? Albert Einstein. If you could wipe one social media platform off the earth, what would it be? Say Twitter. <laughs> I'd probably go with TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I don't use TikTok at all. all right, yeah, <laughs> go with TikTok. I don't dance. Yeah, Sour- I kind of hate Facebook, though. Uh, yeah. I hate they represent, but go ahead. <laughs> right. uh, Sour Patch Kids or Airheads? Sour Patch. Nas is Illmatic. I guess I know this one. All right, I'll go with Nas is Stillmatic or the Marshall Mathers LP. No, what were you going to originally ask? Nas is Illmatic, but if that was the one that influenced you, I'm choosing your, I'm thinking you're going <laughs> to choose that, right? As opposed to what? The Marshall Mathers LP. Illmatic or Stillmatic? What are you saying? Stillmatic. Marshall Mathers LP. Okay. And I'm assuming Illmatic, you'd pick Illmatic, correct? Yes. Would you rather <laughs> master rollerblading, ice skating, or skateboarding? Would I rather master rollerblading? Ice skating or skateboarding? Ice skating. Uh, ice skating. <laughs> I'm in with that. Uh, Celine Dion or Alanis Morissette? Celine. Yeah, I'm with you. Paul McCartney or Mick Jagger? Paul McCartney. All right. Uh, would you rather be on Family Feud, Price is Right, or Wheel of Fortune? Wheel of Fortune. All right. Uh, Lock, <laughs> promote yourself, man. Where can we catch you at? Uh, just, you know, IamLock.com. All right. Then they catch him on Twitter and all that. Any any new albums coming out you're working on, mixtapes? Yeah, man, just stay tuned. A lot of new music coming. All no right. No announcements, though. Locke, thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking your nice, time man. out, man. Hey, man, I appreciate you.